Hello and welcome to Worker Placement, the gaming podcast that's recorded while I drive to work. I am, of course, your host, Jake Talapic. It's Thursday, which is the day after Wednesday and typically the day before Friday. There's always a possibility that it won't be, but unlikely. And Thursdays means Thursday Breakdown. This week, I want to break down a game that I've been playing with my game group quite a bit recently. And, um, yeah, yeah, let's just, let's just dive into it. So this game, and I know I've talked about this before, I literally had to go through my entire list of all my posts to try and figure out when it was that I talked about this, and now I'm realizing that I think I just tweeted a picture of me playing it and not actually a whole podcast on it. But I know I've talked about it, and it's The Thing Escape from Outpost 31. So this is a game by, I believe, Mondo. And it is a hidden, uh, you know, a traitor cooperative uh, game where players are trying to figure out who the traitor is and escape from the outpost, uh, you know, the humans try to escape from the outpost. So, okay, how does this game work? Well, this game borrows elements from several other very good games, which I'm not, I'm not putting as a knock and I'm not putting as a plus. I'm just saying that it, it seems to borrow from some good games. So, in the game, uh, players will be dealt a blood sample card at the beginning of the game that tells them their initial team. Okay, so... You're either a human or you're an imitation at the beginning of the game. You're going to be given, also given a hand of five cards from the supply deck. The supply deck cards are, um, uh, there's a, a bunch of cards. Whoops. We've got a bus. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, we have a school bus. Okay, all right. Now that we've had to stop for the railroad tracks because buses do that now. Um, players are going to get five cards from the supply deck. Supply cards are uh, your your influence in the game. When when players are selected to go on missions, and I'll obviously get to that in a second, uh, they will be playing cards from their supply from their hand of supply cards. So supply cards have kind of two things on them. They have the name of the card, which is is the item that's printed on the card. So it's like a knife or a petri dish or a gun or an axe or a flashlight, something like that. And then at the bottom of the card, it tells you how many dice the card is worth. And uh, these are both used for challenges because the main gameplay element of the game is somebody becomes the leader. Well, it's a, it's a round, round robin. Everybody gets to be the leader in clockwise fashion. It just passes each round. And the leader is going to draw a mission card. And the mission card is going to say... You need to send five people on a mission. And they're going to pick five people in the group to go on a mission. All right, now the idea is that you want to try and not pick imitations, if you're a human, to go on these missions. Because the mission is going to require something of the players who are putting cards in for the mission. So what might that look like? Well... One mission might say, I need you to take all the cards that the players put in, randomly reveal two of them, and then one of them needs to be a knife. 
Or it might say, you need to roll dice equal to the cards that are put in the pot and get higher than a 22. Or it might say, all the cards need to be of plus one dice value. There's several different kind of scenarios that those missions can play out as uh, for putting cards into the pot. Now, what can imitations do to ruin this? Well, they can obviously play a not optimal card into the pot. That's the first thing that they can do. But the second thing they can do is there are sabotage cards that are also in the supply deck the players will be getting. Okay, these cards are big red cards, and when they uh, when they are played into a pot, the uh, team leader has to resolve them the moment that they're revealed. So some of them are just you lose, you failed the mission, and that's not a good thing. And I'll explain why in just a moment. Some of them say your group needs to discard two axes, or your your leader needs to discard a petri dish, or whatever it might be. So that highly increases the uh, odds of your group failing the mission. But let's say that players succeed in the mission. Okay, they've succeeded, and the uh, sorry, the captain chooses a room to have visited, and this kind of happens before the mission. I'm just telling you a little bit out of order. And they reveal the token that's in that room. That token could be a number of different things. But typically what you're doing is you're trying to find the item and a thing to battle. And uh, each, uh, the, the building that you're in is divided into three zones. So at the beginning of the game, you can only go in zone one. And in zone one, you're trying to defeat one thing, level one, as well as find the rope. So let's say that you reveal the rope. Great, the captain of that mission team is going to get the rope, which not only is an item you need to advance to zone two, but is also a usable item for them in the future that gives them kind of a bonus power that they can use down the line. If a thing is revealed, combat begins. All the players on the mission now put in an additional card, and you add up the dice value on all those cards, and the captain gets to do combat with that number of dice. So, again, sabotage cards can be thrown here to fail the mission. And they could also throw suboptimal cards, like a Petri dish is a zero. So... Players are, uh, you know, trying to defeat these things. If they fail, they shuffle up the tokens, and this meter goes up on on the side of the board. And every time the meter goes up, a bad thing happens. So at first, rooms' access becomes limited, but then rooms start getting destroyed. And if a number of rooms get destroyed, the human players lose. Also, if uh, a number of tokens... If two of the same type of token that are needed to complete a zone are destroyed, uh, humans lose. So let's say that this, this process goes about, goes about, goes about, and they finally get through zones one, two, and three. They've defeated all the things that they were necessary to defeat and collected all the items necessary to collect. Then they trigger the helicopter phase. So one final captain will be selected by nomination and majority vote, 
And then that person is responsible for picking a number of people to go on the helicopter to escape. If a single imitation makes on the helicopter, the imitations win. So players now have to try and figure out who is the baddies or who are the goodies or whatever. So, um, so players are, are going to, I don't know why I think I turned my cruise control on. Now I've turned it off. I'm super cool. <laughs> I know cars. They have engines and also pistons. I'm smart. So uh, that that's the general gist of the game. So what's going on here? So first of all, uh, this game is kind of the big brother version to the Resistance or to Avalon, if you've played either of those games. I would say if you like those games... Uh, I would definitely check out this game. It's going to be right up your alley. Also, this has some elements from a game called Battlestar Galactica, which is out of print, uh, but is generally considered one of the best uh, hidden traitor games uh, that have ever been made. I mean, this game it's a really good game, okay? And this I would consider like a light version of that. Now, there is a game that was originally called Battlestar Galactica Light, uh, but I don't really get it. Okay, I don't. Dark Moon is the name of that game. I'm not a huge fan. I like this much better. Okay. So, what are we borrowing? Okay. The first thing we're borrowing is Resistance Avalon's technique of a captain taking people on a team. Now, it's not quite exactly the same way because in Resistance, the big part of the game is voting whether or not you like the team that's going. In this, you don't have a choice. The captain just picks and they go on the mission. So,. It's different from Bowser Galactica in that everybody, every round, gets the opportunity to contribute to the mission card uh, in Bowser Galactica. However, in Resistance, there's no uh, bits of information via what's included from players uh, into the pot. In Bowser Galactica, players are putting cards in every, or not putting cards in, but the cards that they have access to are known to everybody else, and so it's a little bit of a. Oh, this purple card was bad for us this time. So who gets purple cards? That's how BSG works. In uh, in the thing, it's not as specific as that, but you can get a general flavor for who is doing bad things based on the missions that they're included on. Now, one thing I didn't mention earlier is that when you're picking people for the mission, each mission has mission requirements. So there are three Everyone selects a player card at the beginning of the game, and certain player cards are green, certain are yellow, and certain are blue. Based on the mission card, you may have to take certain blue players or certain green players that maybe you don't want to because the mission requires it. All right, so the mission requires two green green people on the mission, and there are only two green people in the game. Guess who's going on the mission? regardless of whether or not you think that they are baddies. So it gives the baddies an opportunity to affect the gameplay, even if they're kind of ratted out, if that makes sense. So now uh, I really like that element of the game where players have the opportunity to contribute to this pot, and you don't know exactly who contributed what, but you're starting to get a vibe for it. Because players are allowed to, to chit-chat, to talk, to say, I'm going to contribute this, I'm going to contribute that. All right, and then the captain is the one who gets to look at everything. Now, not everything always gets revealed. So if the captain happens to be imitation, he can kind of maneuver things 
if the mission doesn't require everything to be revealed. If it requires everything to be revealed, then uh, they must reveal everything. So there is some wiggle room for uh, imitation leaders to kind of uh, influence everybody with what they reveal. Now, I didn't also mention that uh, those zones need to be cleared out. So you start in zone one, you go to zone two, and then zone three. But in between each zone being unlocked, every time it's unlocked, we do an assimilation phase. And this is where that BSG flavor comes in super, super big. Because what's going to happen is everybody's going to get a second blood sample card. And you may have been a human in the first phase of the game, but if you get an imitation card in the, in the second or the third phase, guess what team you're on now? You are now on the team that's trying to stop everything. So you may work most of the game to, to get the whole thing to work, and then at the very last second, boom, now you're a baddie and you got to stop the whole thing from working out. So, But remember, if an imitation can get on the chopper, then, uh, you know, they, they win. So you could also slow roll in the game. I mean, that is totally an option. And that's why this game is so good, because there are multiple avenues of, to victory for the imitations. And although there's only a single avenue for humans, it forces them to work together very wholeheartedly. Like, if you're a good guy, you don't want to throw any shade. You always want to be considered a good guy absolutely 100% and you want to help every chance you get. I mean, it's really neat how that kind of works. Um, in, in Avalon or in um, BSG, you might throw a little bit of shade if you're not, uh, if you're not, or if you're just a good guy, just to maybe throw some suspicions around. Um, it might not be super useful, but it can be. So, I... Uh, I think that it, this is just a really cool mechanic. I'm so glad that they borrowed this from BSG. Uh, it, it, not enough games use this kind of, I'm on this team, oh no, now I'm on this team uh, mechanism, and it is a very cool thing that uh, creates interesting gameplay moments. I like the cards being thrown into the pot. I think that is a fun use system, and again, it can be used uh, for manipulation, for influence, for knowledge. Uh, it's how much you want to read into it, you know. And then at the end of the game, it's not all hope is lost. The, the final captain does get access to some blood tests, which literally just means looking at some players' blood sample cards. So uh, if there's some suspicion, he does have, or he or she, I'm, I'm all-inclusive here, uh, has access to being able to, I don't know, guess who might or might not be on the team. So, uh, yeah, we played it last night. Uh, it's fresh in my mind, and uh, I really do think it's a great game. Humans ended up winning. It was a really close one. There were three imitations in the game, which is the most that can be in there. Uh, minimum is two, although at the beginning of the game you only have one. So somebody's becoming an imitation in Phase 2, guaranteed, and then potentially a third one in Phase 2 or 3. So... Uh, yeah, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say. The dice combat is, it works. I don't know if it's great. I mean, it, it just, it works. It's okay. They tried to figure out how to kind of, you know, jam these dice in there to make it 
a little random to give it a little bit of chance, you know. Um, again, I, I don't know. I've played this game several times. I think the win rate's fairly even. I think, if anything, imitations have a little bit of an advantage just because one of their options to victory is getting on the helicopter. So they can play good the entire game and then just get on the helicopter if they don't get blood tested. I mean, yeah. There is... Now, this is my complaining time, okay? There is a little long, okay? It, it can't overstay its welcome a little bit. Uh, if if you get discovered as an imitation early, it can become not fun, which is unfortunate, but that's how these games kind of go. So, say la vie on that, I guess. Uh, it's just the detriment of this genre of game. Also, in the third uh, phase, there are flamethrowers which can eliminate characters in my uh in my gameplay in my house rule you can't eliminate people you just can't use that part of the ability of the flamethrower because the flamethrower can do other things too so i just i don't don't allow that in my oh, excuse me big old guy because i'm waiting at a traffic light uh yeah so i don't allow that so there are a few things about the game that I think could have used some tweaking or uh, could have used some balancing. But overall, I think this game is really well done. The art on the game is great. Uh, the vibe and the feel is very fun. Uh, it's it's fast-paced enough, and everybody gets a chance to be the boss. That's kind of nice, too. Like, there's no, oh, well, this person's bad, skip them. Like, you don't get an option. When they're the captain, guess what? They're the captain. Um, so, yeah. Good game. Worth picking up. I, I think that uh, if you like hidden role or hidden you know, team games, like Avalon, like Resistance, like BSG, uh, this would be a good game uh, for you to pick up because it's going to hit you on all those points. And it is a bit of a longer experience then. You know, you're not um, you're not playing these quick 15-minute games like Avalon, which I, I there's nothing wrong with that. I actually like that sometimes because I can get one or two rounds of that game in in the time that we wouldn't have to play something else. But sometimes you want to play a little bit longer, drawn-out thinkiness, and uh, that's, you know, that's a good option. So, Yeah. Anyways, what do you think? Have you played the thing Escape from Outpost 31? Uh, what do you think of it? Any games like it that you like? Uh, if you like Dark Moon, you're wrong. Fight me. Uh, hit me up at TLAP on Twitter, Jake Telapic on Instagram, or go to www.tlap.com to listen to all the episodes and leave your comments. We are officially swapped over to my new podcast host anchor.fm if you want to go there you can listen to the episodes there everything is hosted by them it's great so far i do like it a lot thank you so much to anchor fm for that tomorrow's friday i think i'm going to do a break not a breakdown i'm going to talk about all the games that are in my travel bag uh should be kind of fun anyways uh until next time remember to play games and most importantly have fun my friends Bye bye